Hi, I'm John. And I'm Bree. And you're listening to Nibsqueak, where we explore visual tools for working better. And today we're talking to Mr. Mike Rohde, Commander-in-Chief of the Sketchnote Army. This is Nibsqueak. John, one of the things that I've always thought was really uncanny about our friendship and working with you is that we're kind of into the exact same super dorky, super geeky things and people when it comes to visual thinking, graphic facilitation. Yeah, I I think you're right, Bree. I think if we were to make a top five list of our favorite visual thinkers in the field, we'd probably have the same, if not complete overlap in our lists. Yeah, and fangirl, fanboy, same yeah, list. Yeah, it's okay to be a fangirl person. Boy. And so speaking of fanboy, you are, you're never gonna guess who I got to talk to earlier this week. Uh, I give up. The Mr. Mm-hmm. Mike Rohde. No! Sketchnote guy? Yes. I mean, Sketchnote Lord? <laughs> He's in charge of the, the entire global Sketchnote army. Yes. Oh my gosh. I got a chance to talk to him. I mean, I really mean that that's awesome. I'm I, not even being. Yeah. No, I'm, that's amazing. I was a little starstruck, to be honest. I was a little silly and giddy. Um, (laughs) And we started our conversation. I I asked him, how did you even get into this? Because we have our own stories about how we fell into this work. And I was curious, you know, where, where did he come from? What's his story? I think I've always been in this kind of work in one hand. In the other hand, I sort of stumbled into it. And let me explain the unwind that that story. So I've always drawn things since I was a little kid. Because I didn't have a whole lot of stuff as a little kid, uh, I would actually create the things I wanted. So if I wanted a comic book, I might not have the money for a comic book, so I would just make one. Um, oh, cool. Or if I wanted to do a newspaper or um, actually have a funny story about when I was probably about 10, 11 years old, I ran a poster shop. I lived in Chicago, and I, we had a basement apartment. And the one advantage we had in that apartment was we had windows that were actually on the s- sidewalk level, but for me, where I had to reach up on a chair to get to them. So what I would do is draw these posters and then advertise them in the windows of the basement apartment. And the kids would come by and they would say which ones they wanted and then give me money. Um, <laughs> and the most hilarious thing about that story, which totally sinks to the way things are working now with the community, is uh, at the end of the summer when, we'd, when I'd save up all the money, I would actually go to the store and buy candy and stuff for all of us to have a party. Yeah, why not? That's awesome. It's much more fun to share it with friends than to just you know take it and hold it for yourself. So... That's, uh, that's sort of where I came from as a little kid. And then um, sort of the stumbling into it thing was, it was probably about eight years ago, 2006 or so. Um, I used to take notes. For some reason, I'd got into this kick of writing them in giant notebooks, like 11 by 14 green notebooks with lines. And mm-hmm. I would use pencil because um, I felt like I had to capture every detail. And if I used a pencil, it gave me the flexibility to erase the mistakes because I didn't want people to see my mistakes. And I got to this point where it was just so frustrating to take notes that I just hated doing it. And I thought, there's got to be a better way to do this. Um, and at the time, I was a, I was a professional designer uh, doing print design at the time. And uh, I thought, you know, it would be really interesting if I set some, some limitations or some constraints on myself. I deal with this all the time as a designer. You know, you have one color to work with. You have one week to work with. Um, so instead of having an outside limitation put on me, I actually put a limitation on myself. And I said, what happens if I go the complete opposite direction from where I'm coming from? So I'm using this giant book and I'm using a pencil. What happens if I just flip the choices? What if I go with a pocket size moleskin and a pen? Hmm. I had 
purchased a, a moleskin at uh, Barnes and Noble, and I didn't know what to do with it because it was too beautiful to open <laughs> and actually draw in. And I thought, you know, I this would be a really good idea to try this. Um, so I took a pen and that little pocket moleskin, and I had a user experience conference in Chicago um, that I wanted to attend. So I took it along, and I thought, well, let's just see what happens. I I literally can't write the detail in this book because it's too small. And secondarily, the pen that I'm using um, means that whatever I put on the paper, it's going to be on the paper. Like I can't, it's going to be difficult to. Yeah, you're committing. Yes, it's a commitment level. So what that did is it pushed me to a space, which I think ends up being like uh, graphic recording or graphic facilitation, where you're actually doing the processing and the analysis in your head in the moment um, with the slight twist being that the things that I choose to capture are just things personally relevant to me or that I feel like I can you know, put in, into service in my life uh, tomorrow or today. So, and everything else is sort of extraneous or has the option to be left alone. And that gave me the freedom to really kind of put more embellishment into my notes instead of feeling tied to recording every detail. So for others listening, folks that are trying sketchnoting or getting started, or maybe they've learned how to do it through looking at your books or listening to the podcast, what is it about it that kind of opens up their world to what they can do with this? That's a really good question. Um, I think it's um, sort of reflection. So having sort of challenging yourself to sort of get out of your comfort zone, which is actually the hardest part, right? Getting people who feel like they can't draw to try drawing. My solution has been in those instances to slowly take them through baby steps of drawing. How do you break things down into smaller elements? How do you draw faces? How do you draw people? And then at the end of that you know, series of steps, challenging them with something like drawing a treehouse and then having them come up and talk about the treehouse that they just drew with the group. So it's sort of like this gradual increasing of confidence. So you start with no confidence and then, hey, I can draw a circle and a triangle and a square and I can stack them together and make a house and sort of slowly build the skills to the point where then maybe they have the confidence to come up and present that in front of the group. And then they get laughs and feedback that encourages them further, and then they sure, sort of continue yeah. doing it. So um, I think it's really important to be able to do it um, privately first. I, don't, I think there's maybe, maybe there's an emphasis on being public right away, um, and I think that's not necessarily required. I think for some people it's great to share if you're willing and confident enough to show your mistakes, but not everybody's in that place. So for those who are just not quite ready to be public about the stuff, there's no problem with, you know, showing your progression to yourself, like reflecting on it privately to see, sure, you know, sort of your beginning point and where you are now. So like I mentioned, I look back at those sketch notes I did in 2007 and I see all kinds of things I could have done better, but I still appreciate them for what they were in the moment. From um, what they are at that time. Yes. Yeah. That notion of, Keeping it private as as long as you like, that's interesting. Where do you think business people and organizations could, could potentially most benefit from using sketchnoting more often than not? Well, everybody's got whiteboards in their offices, I think. Um, I've been finding in the position I'm in, I'm a UX designer inside a large uh, insurance company. And we mm-hmm. have standing uh, meetings every Monday for two different teams uh, doing whiteboarding. And I basically wireframe sketchnote on whiteboards Mm -hmm. with different colors. And we have these discussions around like, what features are we going to add to our application? What's it gonna look like? And I actually map it out. I'm actually doing graphic facilitation on the board. 
sort of capturing the groups in real time. In real yeah. time, okay. and then that's captured as a photograph. So uh, maybe the confidence to feel comfortable going to a whiteboard and drawing your ideas, because not everybody is. You know, some people are more confident than others, and I think part of it's maybe baggage from art class when they were in middle school, and part of sure. it might just be not having practiced. Um, I think uh, there probably is an opportunity for, like, you know, we're, we're sort of stuck with PowerPoints and presentations of different kinds. I think there's maybe opportunities to do something different that way, something that's, a, you know, once you break away from Helvetica and, you know, the corporate colors, using, you know, maybe sketchnoting in different forms to produce your presentations, that could be an interesting way to catch people's attention and sort of catch them off guard. And I think maybe, you know, if I pick a third one, it would be, using sketch notes to, to capture processes, to document processes for people. Um, you know, so often teams inside corporations use SharePoint and these documents just get lost in the maze of other Word documents and you have to wade through seas of gray text to, you know, find information. I think it would be really interesting and I think it works pretty well to document a simple process on a single page. So you could give someone a single page of information and they could understand you know, what the process is, the steps are, what is the IP address you need to enter, what are the, who are the people to call, um, and sort of make these one-pagers that are much more compact um, information that people can use to, to disseminate information. Mr. Mike Rohde, author of many books, including the very famous Sketchnote Handbook, what a pleasure to sit down and talk to him for a while like that. And, you know, his reflections on growing up were so interesting. I mean, I remember similarly when I was a kid, my favorite thing ever was just to have a bunch of crayons and, you know, a stack of 11 by 17 um, pieces of white construction paper. And I could just go all day. I would just draw and draw and draw. Mm. Um, and then my friend and I, we actually had our own newspaper. And we would cut things out and put ideas together and... Um, Did you distribute really this newspaper? We <laughs> go to the neighborhood. <laughs> we distributed it among our families, so it did not have a wide wide distribution. Delivery was very easy, though. Well, sure, you just like walk down the hall, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. You know, I as a kid did not do any of this drawing, um, like Mike did. No, I'm not a drawer by background. Um, as a musician, though, we would, I would sit down at the piano and make up things outside of yeah. my piano lessons. And sometimes a, a friend would come over and we'd sit down together and we would just make things from scratch and sometimes document them. We would write down our little ditties uh, in you know one form or another. That's cool. But it was just, it was that, hey, we have nothing to do. It's Saturday and it's raining. Hmm. Let's just make something. Let's just make something. I mean, I think that's really kind of the common thread among all of these conversations that we've had today. It's about threading together ideas and in collaboration with other people and finding, you know, visuals, finding the right notes. Finding the right notes, yeah. It's about just allowing yourself to be creative. When Mike sits down to sketch note, he's just sort of letting the ideas come to him. My friend and I, when we were kids making newspapers or your friends when you were making up songs, I mean, it's the same thing, just allowing the creativity to come and happen. Yeah, and, just allow the space for it, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's nice when you grow up and if that's what we are now, and you can make it useful to your everyday work, but it's the same spirit, I think. It's absolutely the same spirit. I think that is really what makes me passionate about the work we do and, and giving people these tools. Couldn't agree more. 
Well, we'll have lots of cool stuff up on our website about Mike. Just go to collectivenext.com and we'll put some links to his books and a few examples of his work for you to look at. So until our next episode, keep it squeaks. Keep it squeaky.